0: Welcome to Shared Instance, a podcast on iOS development by three iOS developers in Cincinnati, Ohio. I'm Sam Corder.
1: I'm Alex Argo.
2: And I'm Alex Robinson.
0: This is episode 107. Welcome back, guys. Another high-energy week.
1: Yeah, we're all a little, little crazy tonight, so we'll see how this goes.
0: I <laughs> think <laughs> it took us five minutes to get our recordings all synchronized, so yeah. Yep. Back to the amateur hour here.
1: Cut to the listeners saying back to. (laughs) Yeah.
0: Guys left? (laughs) When did that happen? All right. So I got a question for you guys. So we are actually less than 30 days out from Dub Dub. And my main question is with, with 30 days out, less than 30 now. Is this a bad time to start an app if you just came up with a great idea? Yep. (laughs) (laughs) All right, then. No, but seriously, um, let's let's just say, okay, so you take like um, underscore David Smith. For him, it's probably a bad time because he usually picks a feature from the new OS SDK or actually even the new hardware, and then runs with that, right? So uh, two years ago, I think he made an emoji keyboard, which is now irrelevant because of the better emoji keyboard in iOS 10. But um, when the 5S came out, he made uh, Pedometer++ in like a weekend or something. But um, I mean, we're not really all David Smiths. So,
1: Well, it's funny because we started a new app at my company like a month ago, but (laughs) we started it in force, I guess I should say. We'd been kind of been on the back burner. But yeah, I mean, at the point where we are now, you just kind of want to get sure things are working and they're solid uh, because you never know what's going to happen come you know, that that first keynote, there may be a whole bunch of stuff you have to change. They may make your app irrelevant, or they may make it, like, impossible to to do because of some new rules, or they may make it way easier. So I feel like now is would not be a good time to start a new app. I would just kind of wait and see what happens. Um, and maybe there's some new opportunities for you then, too, although it seems like in the last couple years the amount of new opportunities to get created kind of have lessened a little bit just because the app store has matured a bit i think
0: yeah it's much more mature much more crowded i don't know if they're going to be bragging about the the millions of apps this year yeah but they went on that big cleaning spree last year
2: i think lately they've been focusing more on the payout how much money they paid out to developers yeah. Just happens that that money tends to go to, kind of the one percenters, yeah. <laughs> of the App Store,
0: the the Big Ten or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. The EAs and, uh, whatever TV subscriptions, the Netflixes. Yeah, sure. They... I
1: kind of feel like I get a nice. Well, I don't get a slice from Apple, but I get a good little slice of the App Store and my little niche too. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Yeah, but uh, as far as that that uh, percentage of the billions that they send out, that's...
1: Oh, yeah. I get nearly nothing from Apple. I, probably, I definitely pay them more than I get from them with search ads. Mm-hmm. Uh, kind of speaking of that, Apple, since we last recorded, I believe, released some App Store Analytics updates. Uh, so basically, you can see some more information about how users got to your apps. Like in the app store, did they come from like the charts, like from browsing? Did they come from search or do they come directly from a a link? And then you get all the referral links and it seems to have a lot more links than it showed up before. So they aren't just like, uh, the campaign links that you can create. And that's kind of a, a really good thing to look at. Um, to help you know kind of where to spend effort like for my apps a lot of our traffic comes from search so it makes sense to kind of keep putting money into the search ads have you guys looked at that stuff at all yet?
2: Not the not the new stuff we haven't relied on the Apple analytics too heavily because it's a opt-in model at least for the user analytics in terms of how they get there. I assume that's that doesn't require opt-in, but I'm not sure. I'm guessing sure. that does, too.
1: Uh, I, I think just after you get to a certain amount of users, statistically it's enough. And even if you don't have that many, it's probably statistically significant. Um, but I don't know. I think they're, they're definitely useful to kind of reinforce things that you have or maybe changed your mind, but so far for us, it's just kind of reinforced. We had kind of guessed, but now we know for sure that people are searching to get to our apps. Um, But yeah, if you guys don't have many of your own apps, uh, if you're making apps for other people, it makes sense that you probably wouldn't look at those or may not even have access for that matter, but... (laughs) It's, it's some interesting stuff yeah. there, so.
0: Yeah, I fall in the do not have access right now. I fall into that category.
1: Yeah. You got to ship some of your own apps, Sam.
0: <laughs> yeah, I'm working on it, Though I've been rather distracted lately.
1: Yeah, been it doing, happens.
0: Doing a lot of <laughs> go, go language. Go lang, I guess they call it. So,
2: That's what the cool kids call it these days.
0: Yeah, <laughs> go lang. Because you can't search for Go on the internet. Just, you'll come up with all kinds of stuff that you don't care about.
2: Right. It's kind of like searching for Swift and finding Taylor Swift. Yeah. Swift 8.
0: <laughs> You're going to get Taylor Swift.
1: Although I feel like Apple's done good getting Swift to be popular enough to not just get Taylor Swift when you search for Swift
2: these days. It's not <laughs> as bad. But adding the lang does help.
0: Yeah, I actually never search for a Swift lang. At least not not in any kind of recent memory
2: i used to like in the first year or so i i would put it in fairly often because it didn't seem like taylor swift definitely was showing up pretty high in the search results at that point
1: yeah just for me personally and this may be because google knows that i'm an ios developer or something but um the first three links are apple when you search for swift and then Then it actually, there's a couple about uh, the Society for Worldwide International Financial Telecommunication, like those codes that are on international bank transfers. Oh. (laughs) Let's people send, it's like when people talk about a wire, I think it's called a SWIFT code is what you use to say where your your wire is going to go to.
2: Hmm.
1: So Taylor Swift isn't even in the top six.
2: Yeah, but what has she done lately? <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, she shows up in there in Google's little top stories part, but that's that's after the, the first six results. So, like I said, that may just be because Google knows I'm an iOS developer, so I'm probably more likely to click on the link to Apple's Swift pages.
0: Yeah, but if you bring up a private browser, then do you get the same results?
1: Actually it it was uh, kind of giving Apple a little bit of a boost. Uh, well, so now there's only three links before the news stories. And the first non-ad link is still Apple. Um, but the second link is that uh, financial bank transfer thing. So, what about you guys?
0: <laughs> yeah, let's see, private browsers, yeah. I get pretty similar results to you. Swift.org and the third one is developer.apple.com/swift. So, yeah.
1: So, Swift yeah, it is, turns out Swift is kind of popular now. <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> Who knew?
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, she's definitely in the top, top stories.
1: So, That's uh. Weird.
0: And an image search you get mostly cars. Oh, the Suzuki Swift. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. That's an old old car or it was. I don't know.
1: Yeah, I've never heard of it before.
0: Yeah, well, have to look at it later.
1: Yeah. Well our listeners I'm sure can do their own Google search for Swift and, and see what Google thinks of its relevance to them it's kind of an interesting experiment but uh this other story that i saw this week was kind of weird apple said they were clarifying the affiliate rates that they had announced recently um and from from as far as i can tell they're just different from what they said before i don't know what clarification there was It's basically in-app purchases are still going to be 2.5%, but um, actual paid app sales are 7%. Is that what what you guys got out of this, too?
0: That's what I read, yeah. It just sounds like they maybe backtracked a little bit or possibly somebody was talking without enough information.
1: Oh, yeah, the interesting thing that I read about or maybe I listened to it. Um, Someone's conjecture was that all the uh, search engines and social networking sites were inserting their own campaign links or affiliate codes on any time there was a link to an app. So if you tweet about an app, Twitter was making money off of it, probably. If you searched for an app in Google and someone went from there and bought it, Google was making money which i don't i don't know it seems somewhat disingenuous that someone else like i tweet about it so the big company that hosts my twitter account gets all the credit but then again twitter is where it got shared so but i think that was one of the more interesting pieces of speculation about why this why apple decided to lower the rates because if you're linking to all these free games and all these in-app purchases happen, and I think it was it was only a 24-hour window until you got the affiliate fee. I can see Apple wanting to cut down on that.
0: Well, if, look, So let's say in your tweet you were putting your own affiliate link in there and then Twitter was replacing yeah. it with their I own. I don't
1: know if they were rewriting the URLs if, or what. That's That's something I'm not entirely sure about, but that would that would be pretty dishonest of them.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, that would be pretty pretty scummy. But if if it was just a plain link to your app without affiliate ID, and they put their own in there, yeah,
1: I wouldn't blame them as much for that. But if if I had my affiliate link or like I was writing for Mac stories, and I tacked on, and they had their affiliate link, it getting rewritten in Twitter would probably not be good.
0: Right yeah but at the same time you're using they're using this free platform called Twitter and that company controls the content yeah they are well, they are the filter and we place them between us and the people that are broadcasting
1: yeah at the end of the day I'm not sure how much of an effect this actually has though because most apps are free with a paid app purchase if they're going for the paid model these days they're not you know, five dollar upfront price or however many dollars upfront price. It's like you download Nomo Robo and you get a trial. Maybe it's a subscription, or so that wouldn't get you any money either. So yeah, it seems like it'd be hard for for some of these people who are relying on their affiliate fees to to get them these days.
0: Yeah, well, with the market going the way it has gone. I would agree with you, but still, if there's money on the table, you don't want to walk away from it.
1: Who, for like app app developers or for the like social media and search people?
0: The social media and search people.
1: Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, that's, they'll still take their 2.5% cut rather than a 0% cut because, you know, on Android, Google gives you nothing. So they'll take what they can get for sure. It's just kind of an interesting little saga. Uh, And it probably will hurt some small websites, but not that much. I think, I keep referring to Mac Stories, but they've talked pretty openly about it. I think they said they made like 10% of their revenue from um, affiliate links. Uh, So it'll probably give them them a little bit of a hurt, but they'll they'll survive in the long run.
0: Yeah, I don't know if anybody will lose their job because revenues went down by 10%. But, yeah.
1: Well, other places where it's a bigger percentage would like, I'm sure like uh, app gaming blogs are going to get killed.
0: Yeah. They're probably not going to do so well since most of the games are free.
1: Yeah. Like touch arcade or something like that.
0: Yeah. So this means you'll see more ads on their websites.
1: Yeah, they've got a Patreon now. There's going to be more ads. <laughs> mm, hooray. More ads. Maybe, maybe they'll work on some other monetization plans. Yeah. Well, anyways, so what else is new? So are you following
0: any of those iPhone 8 rumors? Do we even care about that right now? Or do we want to wait till August, September, when they're a little bit more set in stone?
1: Well, the interesting thing to me, I guess, has been kind of the back and forth on whether there's going to be two versions or when it's going to be delayed and all this stuff. So it seems like it's still very in flux. Although the last rumor I said saw that the iPhone there would be one model, the iPhone 8, it would be coming out in October, announced in September, which seems a little later than normal, um, but maybe that means there are some type of compromises. They couldn't get all the stuff that they wanted, but they're like, we're Apple. We need to make our money, so we're releasing our iPhone this year one way or the other.
0: Yeah. There is that whole idea that with software, you you, you have a certain date. You get everything feature complete by that date, and that's what you ship. You don't necessarily ship a certain set of features when they're ready they or when they're all ready you just say on this date we're going to cut a release make it stable and ship it and i imagine with hardware it's pretty similar yeah, just got a late. longer
1: lead time yeah
0: oh yeah yeah it's not a, a six week kind of thing but, but yeah with with hardware i'm sure they're they probably have their deadlines it's like okay if we can't figure this out by january february or something like that or maybe later i don't know because i don't do hardware but they have their cutoff date and they're just going to run with it from there. And sometimes we get to see little signs of this in, in the iOS betas during the summer. Um, certain, certain things like we see that we see features that show up and then maybe they go away, but we don't necessarily know how they're related. Like I think on the, the iPhone pre, pre-6s, pre before they introduced the force touch. They had the, the keyboard that you could, in one of the betas, they had the, uh, the keyboard where you could move the cursor around with two fingers, which was previously just an iPad thing, and that went away, but then we got it back in the form of a, the force touch when you force touch on the keyboard itself. So certain things like that come and go.
1: Yeah, yeah I mean, it, it seems like a lot of times, even after Apple announces things, it'll get cut. I remember there was a big hubbub with uh, iCloud notification syncing a couple years ago, and people were like, where did that go? I want to dismiss <laughs> my notification one time, and it goes away everywhere. But that that didn't quite happen either. Yeah. So I don't know. That, that stuff happens. It'll be... Are there any specific features on the iPhone 8 that you guys are particularly intrigued in or opinionated on?
0: (laughs) If they put the Touch ID on the back, I'm going to be... I'll be disappointed. It's hard to say pissed, but I'll definitely be disappointed. I've tried out Android phones where they had the Touch ID on the back and a fingerprint sensor is what they call it but it's it's fine when you're pulling it out of your pocket it's probably actually a little bit nicer of an experience than having to use your thumb to unlock your phone but one our our fingerprint sensors from compared to all the android phones i've tried out the 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 iphone 6s and and up is so fast compared to the other other ones that using your thumb is not really a big deal. But also when your phone is sitting on your desk and it's just laying down there, you can't... <laughs> you, you don't have access to the sensor at that point if it's on the back. So to me, that would be a hardware fail if they, if they move it on the back. It's just not going to be as useful.
2: Yeah, I think both Samsung and Apple are trying to get the... uh the sensor through the the touch screen to work, and it sounds like that's just not uh going to be reliable enough uh there were rumors that they were going to just not have touch i d at all, which seemed like a really bad idea, you know've
1: yeah there's like a p i s and stuff that rely on on that that seems like that would yeah not I think be they were talking idea. about
2: replacing it with like facial recognition, but I think that's Oh well, yeah that's over. Uh, Even
1: if you have a depth-sensing camera, that probably isn't a good idea.
2: No. And, oh, yeah. you know, you yeah, have some that. devices where yeah. you have multiple users. I guess you could program multiple faces, but, yeah, that definitely doesn't seem like a good idea to me. But.
1: Well, yeah. I, I mean, it seems like the reason they're trying to do this is because they're getting rid of the bezels, which I'm all for. That sounds like a awesome optimization for my phone. I'd like it to be smaller, but still have a giant screen, so... Hey, whatever they gotta do, maybe next year if they can get it done this year, they'll they'll have that there.
0: Yeah, we'll, I we'll see think what happens. Can, if they can get rid of all that chrome that's around the 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 phone itself, then the six plus or the, the plus size phone becomes a lot more feasible. I mean for me, and I know you Argo, you're you're a plus phone user and you love it, but that 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 phone's just too big. For me, yeah.
2: I mean, some of the rumors say the eight's only going to be in the plus size, uh, which wouldn't surprise me too much. Yeah, Does but if feel- you
0: don't have the button in there, that cuts off a significant amount of space. Most of the Android phones that that have a large screen, the same size as the plus or or bigger, they don't have all of the like the, the, the giant bottom bezel. Or that the top bezel is not so big, so the phone itself, the screen is larger, but the phone itself is smaller.
1: Yeah, the phone would be about uh, slightly bigger than like a seven. Yeah, in that scenario. And like I said, it sounds good to me. <laughs> yeah.
0: To me, that's that's usable. So I actually skipped the seven this year, so I. If they do come out with the eight, and it's only in the the larger size, I will probably buy that, assuming that there there's not the phone is not so big. It has to be smaller than a Plus phone for me to buy it.
1: I, I if it wasn't going to be smaller than a Plus phone, I'd probably still bet you'd would, you'd would want the bigger one. I don't know. So if they if they make like a one that's the same footprint as the plus and that one's all screen, you're staying away from that.
0: That would just be a lot of screen. I don't know.
1: I would like I think I would like that. <laughs> Even if it was I don't know, I would go for it.
0: So so one thing I, I've noticed and I've got some uh, several pairs of jeans and I've gotten some recently and the ones I've bought recently the pockets go much deeper than the ones I had previously so my my 6s would fit fairly comfortably in the old set of jeans but definitely would not fit a plus phone but in the new jeans the uh my 6s just drops right in and like I don't even feel it in there. I feel like that I could actually even have a a plus phone inside those pants pockets. So it's interesting to see how the clothing companies are adapting to larger phones, except for women's pants, of course. They, they uh, They get ripped off in their pocket sizes.
1: Yeah, I'm I'm not going to claim to be the expert in women's clothing, so (laughs) I'll leave that speculation up to you, Sam. That's why we're not talking about that Amazon Echo with the uh, camera either.
0: (laughs) Oh, Oh, man. Okay, so there was this uh, prototype release, uh, potential prototype thing that was released that was uh, the new Amazon Echo that has a screen attached to it and it's not the the look thing the 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 narcissist Alexa thing um this is actually supposedly like a touch screen or something but I saw the picture and it just looked terrible and then
1: oh I think that was Cortana powered that wasn't I think that's the one you're talking about that was not Amazon's
0: well this was like uh Almost like a, a rectangular uh, wedge shaped thing. I don't think, I don't know if it was, it definitely was not billed as a Cortana thing, but maybe it was, maybe it came out later that it was a, some prototype for that. It was definitely set as a prototype for a new generation Echo. But then, curiously, I think um, in Mac rumors, there was the rumor that. Or it wasn't a rumor, but it was uh it was it Phil Schiller maybe that was talking about how a smart speaker would benefit from a touch screen.
1: He did say that, so maybe we're gonna get our Siri in a can.
0: Yeah. With a rounded uh screen. A a curved L E D screen.
1: Yeah, we'll have to see how that goes. <laughs> <laughs>
2: It'll probably just show the Siri a voice pattern, so you know she's thinking.
0: Ah, that would be worthless.
2: Or uh, maybe it'll just be like a red light. Like, wasn't Hal just like a red uh, oscillating light? Such
0: a boring movie, too.
2: <laughs> <laughs> so, All right. Oh, we've got one more relevant topic. Um, and then we can then we can uh probably call it. So um you know what uh Natasha the Robots newsletter shared a a link to a, a new tool uh it's called Middleman which is kind of an alternative to Charles for doing uh HTTP tra- traffic uh, debugging. And uh You know, if anybody's tried to set up Charles, especially with HTTPS, and now you're more than likely using HTTPS because of Apple's pushing everybody that way. I mean, it's a good idea. Uh, It's becoming increasingly more difficult to set up with Charles, and, you know, we've got a few projects or we've worked with a few teams that have had quite a bit of trouble getting Charles to work with their environment. Uh, So middleman takes a bit of a different approach it's a cloud-based service and they basically set up a vpn you register your device you install a profile on that device accept the certificate and then uh, with that you can basically inspect the traffic uh, in the cloud which is kind of an interesting idea and they claim it's secure and easy to set up I'm a little bit hesitant with a cloud-based offering, especially, you know, we've got some projects that are HIPAA based, so and we never test with real data, so it's not as much of an issue, but still not too comfortable with the cloud-based solution.
1: Yeah, Charles Proxy, it seems like every time I don't have it set up, I'll do some type of OS upgrade or Apple will change something with their security requirements and I'll have to like figure out how to undo whatever I did last time I installed it and got it working, and then refigure out what's going on. So this sounds really, really awesome from a usability standpoint because you have a VPN, you just hit the little switch to turn it on. Um, I always thought it was a, a big pain setting a proxy on your phone and like sometimes you accidentally leave on the proxy and your phone doesn't work anymore. And
2: yeah, I have in the app that I spend most of the time working on, I have a different way of debugging network traffic uh, that doesn't require Charles, but uh, you know, I used to, when I needed Charles, I, I was able to use it without too much trouble and then I upgraded and couldn't figure out how to get it to work again. Um, so I, I haven't had much luck with the latest version, but I also haven't invested a whole lot of time in it, but it does seem like, you know, we've had, we've known several developers spend a lot of time trying to get it to work, especially in environments that do use a VPN or, or some other solution. It gets even more complicated.
1: Yeah. it seems like if you were in that situation, it would still be problematic in that case.
0: Let's I use it just fine.
1: I don't know what you guys' <laughs> problems are. <Yeah. laughs> and, and I
2: know other developers that don't have an issue with it. And a lot of our Android developers use it all the time. Um, it's kind of their go-to tool for capturing network traffic. And yeah. it's very handy for bug reporting to be able to say, hey, here's here's the input I gave you. Here's the output the API gave me. Um, doesn't look great. <laughs> you know, it makes, makes it a lot easier. I just have no. a... a I just have a different kind of debugging tool, uh, kind of homegrown to capture that data in the app. So
1: Yeah, so the reason that I normally want to look at um, traffic is I'm debugging some type of third party that has code running in my app. 99.9% of the time it's uh, some kind of ad that's going wrong. So my first issue is I have to get the ad to happen but then the, the you got to figure out how exactly to figure out the network traffic that uh, caused that ad to come up. And that's, it's always been a pain in the butt. So this, this seems like something I could potentially give someone else and say, Hey, put this on your phone and not probably a user, but like someone who's testing stuff for us and then just be able to look at the, the data. But, how, I, like, I always thought the less technical a person is, the more daunting it is to try to get someone to use it because that's the only way that we could troubleshoot stuff. So what 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 is your homegrown solution like, Alex? Can you describe how that works?
2: Oh, it's pretty lightweight. It basically intercepts the network uh, input-output and just logs it, just debug logging. And it's code that doesn't ship to production um so it gets stripped out. it's uh if i were to build something like it today i'd pr- probably use a url protocol there's a few interesting tricks with that where you can create a custom protocol to turn on logging uh, when you want
1: yeah i've i've messed around with trying to use ns url protocol to uh intercept network traffic in my app and it it just scares me that like if cuz this would have to be something that would ship in the app cuz it's our production app's where we we get the ads that are that are happening um but it's it's kind of powerful nsurl protocol that is that you can do this in objective c i don't know if you could can you do that in swift as well are there any
0: most things you can. It just depends on how the Objective-C layer is written. Like Swift has some problems with like static initializers, but for the most part, you can do anything.
1: Yeah, looks like you can still... This seems just like one of those very dynamic Objective-C style things, and I'm surprised they even exposed it in Swift. But it looks like they have for the most part. You right, get the so, URL request, and yeah.
0: Yeah. All right, so the, the security guy in me says that you should only use this... If you're going to use this middleman thing, you definitely wouldn't want to use it with your own personal phone or use it on your laptop because you're not just setting up a proxy for, for one app. You're setting it up for the entire device. So all your Gmail traffic, your Slack traffic, your iMessage traffic will go through that proxy. And maybe you trust these guys, maybe you don't. I wouldn't necessarily trust them with with my own personal data going out there like that, even if it is encrypted over SSL. Uh, So definitely buyer beware. Uh, use this only on a test device that doesn't transport any of your confidential information.
1: Yeah, that's true. I would definitely use it on, use the heck of it on a test device, so I might have to try this thing out. Looks looks promising to me. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I totally understand the, uh,
0: the paranoia.
1: The paranoia. Yeah. And, and it be- may just be the naive unsuspecting millennial that's <laughs> That's me. <laughs>
2: well, for me, it's just I haven't had enough time to really dig deep enough into it to say whether or not I would recommend it.
0: Well, even if it's very functional, like maybe it's ten times better than Charles, you still don't want to use this on your own personal phone.
1: Oh yeah, I'm I'm with you, with you on there. Like I said, test device. Be the way to go. So I think that's about all the time we have tonight. Why don't you guys tell us where we can find you on the internet?
2: You can find me at AJ Robinson on Twitter, and you can find me at Sam quarter
1: I'm at Alex Argo, and the podcast is at Shared Ints. Join us in our Slack at chat.sharedinstance.com and recommend us on Overcast. Uh, leave us some reviews in iTunes, um, and we'll talk to you guys soon.